Hello, and welcome to the Clay Como Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Today is Sunday, April the 3rd, 2022, and Pastor Scott Gordon continues his message on healthy habits with Start the Conversation, discussing how to approach people and do your evangelism. And now we send it to Pastor Scott. I invite you to open your Bible with me to, first of all, where is it? First Corinthians chapter 2. That's just a starting point. That's not the landing and sticking point. That'll be a, a point from which we uh, venture throughout many other areas of Scripture as we continue our emphasis on the habit of evangelism, speaking today about going with conversation. We go with good news. That's our message. We go with power. God has enabled and equipped us to be able to share our story, to share the story of Easter, if you will, the gospel. And then today, just talk about, uh, in, in a way, introducing the how. I think that's one of our major hang-ups, if you will. Our challenges is, all right, I know what I believe. I know what God has done for me. I know the scripture. I've read the Bible, and I have responded to that for me to be able to communicate that. How can I do that well? How can I do that? We usually think about how can I do that right uh, in, in these uh, ways. And so we'll, we'll be thinking about that today as well as this coming Wednesday as we kind of get into some conversation, <laughs> no pun intended, but uh, on the idea of conversation. Let me begin with a question. Where do you like to go to just hang out with someone? If you're going to get together with somebody and you're just, hey, let's just get together. We hadn't caught up in a while and you're, you're doing that. Now, you know, uh, a lot of you guys know that for me and uh, Shane Stam and, and Bob Snyder, uh, our favorite hangout is Dunkin' Donuts Tuesday morning. That's where we're going to be. Just to hang out, catch up, and, and all those kind of things. Yours might be uh, Panera, you know, and, and it might be uh, somewhere. It might just be at the house. Hey, why don't you stop by the house? And, and, and let's just catch up in, in those ways. And then let me just ask us to think about that. That, that level of, of kind of comfort, that, that level of casual interaction that is just kind of what we would call natural. It's, it's just, hey, let's get together, and what do we do when we're getting together there? Just talk. Let's, let's just get together and, and, hey, catch up on, you know, what's going on in your life and your family and, and these various areas. And it's just a, a natural aspect for us. And I want to encourage and, and challenge us to begin thinking about our witness in this way. Wouldn't it be amazing to bring that level of familiarity, that level of comfort, and I'm going to say casualness, uh, I may have just made up a word, but that level of natural conversation. Not casual as in it's no big deal. And I think that may be the challenge in converting from a casual catch-up conversation to engaging a gospel conversation. And so admitting that that is a challenge that's out there, I believe if we would turn our focus towards our witness 
our living out the habit of evangelism from a presentation to a conversation, we will do ourselves a world of good. You see, because all of us are talkers. Now, some of you are more talkers than others. Okay, let's just admit it. Some of you would talk to the pew in front of you if nobody else were here. Others of you can be surrounded by five people and you're going to say two words. But you will engage the conversation. And so we need to, to kind of take that and, and, and just be encouraged that it's just who we are that allows us to com communicate who God is and to be able to connect with somebody else, with another person. And you say, well, what, what, what kind of idea? What, who's an example? Oh, how about Paul, the Apostle Paul? And most of us, if we were to say, hey, I can be like Paul with this, would be going, not me. I mean, that dude had it together. Well, that's why I had you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's see how together Paul really was. He says, beginning in verse 1, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you, listen to this, this is Paul. I came to you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Okay, I'm with you, Paul. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of of the Spirit's power. So I would say, yeah, like Paul. Our conversations we can approach in exactly the same way that Paul did. Saying, you know what, my speech, my talking, my conversation, not persuasive words of wisdom, but what we want above all is a demonstration of the Spirit's power working through us in our lives to transform how we live and what we say and what we do as well as to bring glory to Christ. Paul elsewhere did say, hey, I planted, Apollos watered, and God caused the growth. That is where we want to be. That is where we rely on. That's where we find comfort and trust in this evangelism effort, this habit that we are called to live out, the great commission calling that we have been given. And we can do it in a conversational manner. So let's look, first of all, conversationally, we relate. Acts chapter 17 Here's where we're getting ready to jump from like Acts to Colossians and then into 1 Peter. And so just kind of heads up, these are some of the directions that we're going. But thinking about relating conversationally, that's normal. You can look at somebody and, and find out there's a, there's a commonality. I mean, then there's Danny over here with that Kansas stuff on. But, you know, I mean, there, there's, but you immediately know, all right, hey, she's engaged in the basketball thing. We have something in common we can talk about, even though my team's not that good this year. 
you know, and we can, we can have that kind of conversation. Or this is the last Sunday before opening day of Major League Baseball, which we almost thought we wouldn't get. So we dress appropriately. You know, we wear the navy and the, the white. I was so tempted, and maybe we make a habit of the final Sunday before opening day and wear our uniforms. I really wanted to wear the pinstripes this morning. I mean, and, and it was just... Mm. And like that. But you see something and you can find a common ground with somebody. Or we know just in developing a friendship and a relationship with a neighbor, a long time with our family that maybe we don't see all the time, but we, we have that history with. We know each other. And therefore, it develops a level of conversation. We are relatable to each other. And Acts chapter 17 is one of the, the most impressive kind of introductory relationships that we see. Because Paul's really just hanging out in Athens, getting ready to go somewhere else. I mean, he didn't have, okay, Athens is the destination. Athens is the pit stop on the way to the next destination. And we saw previously that he got distressed when he looked around the city of Athens and saw all the idols that everybody was worshiping. And it motivated him in this way. Let's look at Acts chapter 17, verse 17. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with those who worshiped God, as well as in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. And so this brings me to another of the principles from the book that I'm using as one of my primary resources throughout this series. The third principle regarding evangelism is shifting from giving an evangelistic presentation to having an evangelistic conversation takes pressure off the witness and relates the gospel more clearly to an unbeliever. It's the whole difference in the mindset between presentation versus conversation. And I've said it once, I'll say it probably more often right in this section right here. We need to look at gospel encounters and those to whom we are called to go as people and not projects. I'm afraid one thing we've done with a strong emphasis in learning gospel presentations is we make that other person a project rather than recognizing the person they are. And that's why I want us to shift our thinking, not disparaging a gospel presentation. I use it often. Most frequently during vacation Bible school, the Romans Road is one gospel presentation that I will use. And if there are those that help you go, okay, I know a path and this gives me a direction so that I make sure I take those steps to get us through the understanding of who Jesus is and what he has done for us in living a perfect and sinless life, going to the cross, dying in our place, being buried, rising again, having that resurrection verified. And because of what he has done, he is the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who came not to serve, but not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many that everyone who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved that we get to that part of a conversation not based on a presentation but based on a connection point in a relationship conversation even if that relationship is only two minutes old like Paul's here in Athens 
What's the difference? Let me just help us maybe understand why I think this is important. First of all, a presentation starts in our Christian perspective. It's like, hey, I'm bringing this and I'm going to put this conversation or put this connection point, this encounter into that. A conversation starts in a common to life situation. Next, a, a, a presentation assumes someone has knowledge of the gospel. A conversation assumes someone has no knowledge of the gospel. A presentation focuses exclusively on the lost person as a sinner. Conversation focuses on the imago dei in the lost person. Yeah, I read this in a book, so let me explain that part. Imago Dei is a wonderful Latin term for the image of God. If that sounds familiar, it should. It's Genesis chapter 1. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We are all, underline that word all, whether I'm running through a hundred different analogies we could run through. Whatever our ethnicity is, whatever our social background is, whatever our nation of origin is, whatever our intelligence is, no matter what, we are all created in the image of God. No matter how lost we are or how lost we see somebody, they are created in the image of God. Sin has just marred their understanding. Being dead in trespasses and sin does that that's what the bible says but we must recognize these encounters we have we need to focus on that lost person the reason this is a wonderful blessed opportunity is to connect with somebody who is lost and recognize the beauty of god's creation and then finally thinking about the 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 contrast between presentation and conversation the presentation focuses on an immediate decision it's like trying to get to like i said a project to the finish line if we don't get to the finish line that's where we think that we're a failure a conversation focuses on a context for inviting a decision. And that context may be one that takes time to get to the invitation. It may take not just minutes, it may take not just hours, not just days, but it could take months and years. You see, we've already talked about this being the case of Paul in Athens. He went around, did you notice this? He went to the synagogue where his fellow Jews worshipped, and he reasoned. He had a discussion with them. But he just didn't hang out with his fellow countrymen, if you will, the people who were like him in ethnicity and even religious upbringing. It says, and also, he went to the marketplace, and he talked with anybody who happened to be there. He had a conversation so much so we see him eventually, he gets to that place on uh, the Oropagus and starts talking about the idols and saying, you guys worship an unknown God. Let me tell you about who the one true God really is. And he took that context and saw the immediacy of the opportunity and started a conversation that connected with where the people of that city were and not just the background from which he came. 
And that is where we need to look at, that relatable connection point in our conversational approach. Secondly, then, our conversational approach indicates respect. Let's look at Colossians chapter 4. Paul writing to a, a group of Christians in the town of Colossae. And in chapter 4, beginning in verse 5, verses 5 and 6, we read these words. It says, Act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. You see, that, that level of, of preparation, that level of anticipation or forethought, shows intentionality and shows a significant consideration for the other person. I believe if we are willing to, to take the time and say to that longtime friend, that neighbor, that family member, as we're having a conversation, it turns that corner and says, listen, there's just something I need to talk to you about. This is important. It's important for all of us. Not just for me. It's important for you. It's important for everybody. And showing that we cared enough for them to share with them something that has impacted us deeply and we believe to be important. If we believe this to be important, if we believe this to be eternal, if we believe this to be heaven and hell, if we believe this Jesus to be the one true way, there is no more, here we go, there's no more unloving thing that we can do. And I'm not the first one to say that. I'm not the only one to say that than to not share Jesus with them. In fact, I, I ought to grab the, the video from it, but a, a guy by the name of Pendulette, who was a kind of a, a magician, comedian, all rolled into one. Had a video of a guy who had come up to him after one and presented him a Bible, wanted to tell him about Jesus. He's an atheist. He's still an atheist to this very day. But he said, you know what? I appreciated the fact that he cared enough about me. He enjoyed my work, but he also had a connection that he cared enough about me to share what he felt was the most important he could share with me. I believe if we are willing to initiate a conversation, we'll find that even if we find ones in our circle of influence and connection who will not return or, or, or receive Christ. But they will respect and understand the heart from which we come when we share this. You see, then that level of preparation, it says to be ready, act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. And then let your speech always be gracious. Now, graciousness is the respect due to everyone. It is that concept of people are people with whom we are sharing. It is engaging them. Let our speech be, as it were, seasoned with salt. We should simply be our normal, charming selves. If we're not normally charming, maybe we need to work on it. I don't know. But we just need to be ourselves. The people we have connections with like us or love us, to choose your word, whichever word you're most comfortable, because of who we are, not because necessarily of anything. If it's just because of what we do for them, then you know, that's a whole challenge of the relationship. But the connection point we have and so just, we don't have to turn around and turn from friend to preacher. 
to share the gospel with them. We don't have to turn from friend or family member to systematic theologian to share Jesus with someone. It's got to be us. It's just got to be us. And then how you should answer each person so that you may know how you should answer each person. Let's think about that primarily by way of connection rather than refutation. Don't we usually think about it? This is so we can know how to answer every person and we can tell them why they're wrong and why we're right. It, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm telling on myself more than I'm telling on anybody. But we think about it. Let it be so you can know how to answer that objection. So you can know how to answer somebody's antagonism to Christ or to Christianity or the gospel and that. No, it is just this. Let our speech be gracious and seasoned with salt so that we can know exactly how best to connect to somebody. We can see the need that they have. And even in talking about that need, point them to Jesus in the midst of it. Now, there's three important reminders I want to pass along from this book that I'm reading to us. Three important reminders about our conversation. First of all, people can tell if you care about them. Secondly, people can tell if you believe what you're talking about. And by that believe, do you trust in it? And are you, in essence, conversant with it? What do I mean by that? I mean that you know that you know. The Bible says that Jesus is the one and only Son of God. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then finally, people can see, even if they can't explain, the hand of God on your life. Something different about you. That may be where the first question comes from. This world is freaking out about this, that, or the other. Whether it's the stock market crash or war or uh, kind of natural disasters or whatever the case may be. And in the midst of it, you've got an even keel and your hope is contrary to the panic of the moment. And somebody says, what's your deal? What they mean but may not be able to voice is, why, why are you the way that you are? Someone, something has changed who you are or is different than others. And that's God's hand on your life and mine. See, as we're being con conversational, we ought to choose to be ready to, to relate, to recognize that opportunity and be connected. And then finally, we need just to be ready. Like I said, there's a lot of us who are ready to have a conversation with anybody, anytime. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the book. We'll talk about our kids. We'll talk about our grandkids uh, and other things. We also need to be ready to talk about Jesus. In the same way, there's no other level that needs to be no real difference in, in understanding the readiness. It is a different conversation. I'll grant us all that, but we need to be ready. First Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, 
are a helpful reminder. But in your hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that when you are accused, those who disparage your good conduct in Christ will be put to shame. Isn't it interesting that both Paul and Peter are on the same page? Colossians 4, 5, and 6, and 1 Peter 3, 15, and 16 to me sound like the same song, second verse. It was hard to say, well, I'm going to pick this one and talk about being, you know, that idea of relatable. And the next point, talk about ready, when both of them talk about being ready and being relatable. But I did because it was fun to see two of our heroes of the faith, imperfect as they are, Paul on one hand going, I was with you in fear and trembling, and, and, and my speech wasn't the greatest ever, and, yet, and then there's Peter. <laughs> We're aware of his, maybe what we would call rashness and, and kind of you know, knee-jerk response rather than uh, what we would consider a more measured response, but it, there's a readiness that is on both of their parts and on Peter's part as well. We need to always... Be remembering this opportunity to be ready. Remembering that there is this opportunity to respond in a way that is gracious. Gentleness and reverence, keeping a clear conscience in a way that we talk with others about Jesus. And then there is being ready, which is a willingness. Readiness doesn't mean I've passed the course that I've got the systematic theology degree, or I am the theologian, I I am the consummate aspect of, of that, but I am willing with where I am and what I know, and we know plenty, or else we need to check the fact of who we are connected with. We know enough to trust Christ. If we know enough to trust Christ, we know enough to tell others about Christ. Principle number four in the habit of evangelism is this. Effective evangelistic conversations connect the unchanging gospel with the specific issues people face. You'll notice it says, in the course of our lives, in verse 15, in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense that is an answer, the defense, not an antagonism, it is to give an apologia, a reason, that's the word that is used there, to give a reason for the hope that is in you. And so, as we're having these conversations, as we connect to each other's lives, as we connect to the life of a lost friend or family member, we have the opportunity to see the needs that they have and respond to them. And then they go, why are you doing this? Or why are you this way? It is because of who Jesus is and who he has made me to be. And I want that for you. Donald Whitney's not the first one to say this. But if you want the easiest way to initiate a gospel conversation or provide the context for a gospel conversation with a lost friend or even just a lost person you've encountered in the marketplace, as Paul did in Athens, is this. How can I pray for you? It really is that simple, that profound, that part of the conversation, we're talking with somebody. It can be with a server at a restaurant. Now, you're not going to probably have the opportunity to have a long, extended conversation. They've got a job to do. 
But as you're getting ready to pray for your meal, there's the opportunity. I don't do it consistently enough, uh, but there's the opportunity to say, hey, we're getting ready to pray for a meal. Is there anything we can pray for you or your family about? Now, some might be caught with, uh, uh, you know, I got no clue. Others will say, wow, you don't know me, but my son has got some issues or, or this. We're going to the doctor tomorrow. We don't know what to expect. I'd appreciate it if you prayed. Awesome. Maybe it is that way with a neighbor, somebody that you meet, somebody that you know. For, and rather than the conversation just being kind of aimlessly wandering at points, it is, hey, man, as we're sitting here, I, I'm just led to ask you a question. Is there something I can pray for you about with your family, with your work, with whatever? It may stun them. You may have never had that conversation before. You may have had certain types of conversations but never gone this direction. But you had this opportunity in that moment. They say, yeah, would you pray for me? And that may be it. It may not be an open door to furthering the conversation. But what that can do is it leaves the open door for a return two ways. One, they can come back to you. Going, you know, you prayed for us the other day. I'm just curious. Why now or why or what? And, 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 you know, they don't know how to ask the question, but there it is. Also, if you've asked to pray for somebody, one of the greatest ways to indicate you care more than just a check the box at the moment praying for somebody is to come back a few days later. Hey, we prayed a couple of days ago about that doctor's appointment. How did it go? And it keeps the conversation going. Now, we're, we're, we're geared to start thinking we've got to be clever in our conversation. You're, you're waiting for the, here is the, the ABC, the one, two, three, on how to turn every conversation into a gospel conversation. And it's really not that direction that I want us to go in the sense of you've got this great hook and switch for the moment. God can open those doors for us. But rather than having to worry about being slick and polished, how about we just worry about being real? And maybe you've had that friend that you've had kind of conversation. You, they know you go to church. They know you're a Christian. They know that's important to you through either Bible study, that you attend Bible studies, you go to Sunday school classes, you've gone to other small groups or different things, you go to church on a regular basis, you, you sing Christian music in the car, you've got that playing in the yard whenever you guys are outside as a family, whatever the case may be. But every time you've tried to go down a road of a conversation further, you've kind of been stonewalled. Or maybe it's just been uncomfortable because you're going, I don't know how to do this. Here's a, an opportunity. How about you just sitting at somebody's house, that lost friend, that lost neighbor, that lost family member, and going, hey, I know we've had the conversation, but just recently with what we're doing at church, we've been talking about being more faithful in our witness. And would you mind just listening to me tell you my story about how I became a Christian? And then I want to ask if what I'm telling you makes sense to you. Just so that you can say, and, and it's, it, it's kind of like a lab, if you will, like our Wednesday nights where we're talking about how do we do this. But even talking with somebody who's going to, and then at the end, they may look and say, given what you say you believe, that makes sense. You can say, well, what do you think about it? Well, I don't buy it still. Fine. 
But what has happened? They have heard the gospel through you. Was it smooth? Was it cool? No. It was just real. If we really believe that the habit of evangelism is important and we're finding it hard to get it started, let's just kickstart it with saying, hey, would you be willing to listen to me present it? I just want to make sure what I know I'm saying clearly to somebody else. And they may go, well, you just want to, and you know, well, okay, yeah, whatever, but just let me do it, please. I mean, just if you've got the relationship, you can have the conversation about the conversation, then have the conversation, if that makes any sense whatsoever. www.claybap.org